Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrienne Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Adrienne Delgado, and I'm so excited to be with you today. Today we're going to talk about a topic that I actually talk about very often in my office. How can you tell the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger? Now, if you're anything like my clients or even like myself, I always used to eat out of emotional reasons or for emotional reasons, I should say. Um, I was known to emotionally eat, stress eat, boredom eat. Uh, I didn't really need a negative emotion. I would celebratory eat as well. Eating just was a default action for any emotion I was feeling. And especially when I was stressed or I was anxious or I was trying to procrastinate uh, for something that needed to be done that felt too hard. I always found myself in the kitchen first saying, well, let me just get a snack and then I'll work on my project or then I'll work on the task at hand. And before I knew it, I had engaged in some mindless eating and ate a lot more food than what the original plan was. And so I think some of you may resonate with this as well. Some of you may um, fall into that trap of stress eating and What we want to do today is kind of help guide you in what are the types of questions you should be asking yourself so you too can understand the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. All right. And honestly, this really is the first step to anyone's weight loss journey, because if you are unclear in any way about how your body communicates to you you're always going to have this hiccup when it comes around stress eating. If you can't identify how your body communicates physical hunger versus emotional hunger, you're always going to get frustrated and discouraged when you come to this hurdle. And so let's just jump right into it and and let's let's dive in and figure this out together. All right. Every decision you make about food for weight loss or maintenance hinges on you knowing and identifying your personal physical hunger signals. Now, when I ask this question to my patients, do you know what your physical hunger cues are? I'm always met with a, yeah, sure I do. Yeah, I know how my body tells me it's hungry. And then I'll follow up with the question, well, how does it? And they'll look at me and they'll be like, well, wait, wait, what? Huh? What are you asking? 
You know, it's something that we take for granted. Oh, sure, I know how to tell if I'm hungry or not. But when you're asked and you're put on the spot to describe it to somebody else, you might find that you're not quite so sure. And so I think there's three reasons why this question is so hard. You know, the first reason why people don't know their hunger signals is because they have never paid attention. So many people use a clock to eat or other people around them, like, well, if they're taking lunch, then I guess I should take lunch too. Um, They've just never paid attention to their hunger cues because they've always used a clock. Or another reason why people may ignore their hunger cues is because they repeatedly ignore them. Every time they get that uncomfortable sensation in their stomach, they try to ignore it because you know, they're trying to lose weight or they're trying to um, not eat so much during the day. And dieting is always the culprit for this because dieting has taught them that in order to lose weight, you must eat less. But then there's this thing called our body that gives us signals that tells us it's hungry. And so we need to honor that. But if you've ignored your signals for so long, you probably don't even know how to recognize them or your body may have stopped giving them to you because it figures, why bother? You're not going to respond to it anyway. And the third reason why people struggle with understanding their physical hunger cues is because sometimes we never allow ourselves to get hungry because we're constantly eating. You know, some of my clients are grazers and they eat all day long. Or some of my clients are just stressed out all day long. And so they're constantly eating or nibbling or snacking. And so identifying their physical hunger cues is really hard because they have never let themselves get hungry enough to actually get the signals. And so which one of these categories do you fall into? Do you not know your hunger signals because you've never paid attention? Because you ignore your cues? Or because you never actually allow yourself to get hungry? So identifying hunger is the first step in your journey, and it's crucial to know what your signals are. And so let's talk about them, because there are about nine different signals that your body may try to get your attention to tell yourself it's time to eat. And so the first one is simple. It's a growling stomach, like it's an actual audible sound that comes out of your body. And now most people think that growling stomachs just happens to everybody, but that's not necessarily true. For me personally, my stomach never growls unless I am so hungry and way past um, a normal hunger level. It's actually a late cue. And so some people might get a growling stomach as an early cue. Some people may get it as a late cue. Some people may not get it at all. And so growling stomachs are just one way that your body can communicate that it's hungry. A second way is through almost like a nauseous pit. It's like a hollowness or an emptiness in in your midsection. And that can also be a way that your body communicates hunger to you. A third reason is feeling lightheaded. You know, when you stand up, um, just, you know, the room spins a little bit. Maybe a fourth reason is dizziness. And that's how you know that you're getting hungry because, you know, you get the combination of lightheaded and dizziness. 
Another um, cue you may experience is shakiness, where your hands actually physically shake because um, you're so hungry, and that's a cue for you. How about irritability? Hangry. I once had a mug. Somebody bought it for me for Christmas or my birthday, and it said, I'm sorry what I said to you when I was hangry. And so irritability can be a cue from your body that it is time to eat. And a lot of people experience hanger. Another cue could be headaches. You know, some people start to get a, a low, dull headache or even a pounding headache in the front of their head when they start to get hungry. Another cue is trouble concentrating, trouble focusing, trouble staying on the task at hand. You notice that your mind is constantly wandering and it's hard to do something that is typically relatively easy. And then the last cue of a potential way your body can communicate hunger to you is trouble formulating words. And I know for me, this is a big one. Um, If I go back to back with my clients, sometimes I will go eight people in a row. That is not my preference, but sometimes that happens. By the time I get to that eighth person, and if I have not fueled myself well throughout the day because I got behind and I just go right to the next client, oh my goodness, good luck. I one time could not think of the word apple. How crazy is that? I'm like, that fruit, that red fruit, the one that Eve ate and she should not have. Uh, I could not think for the life of me what that word was. And so I knew that I was really, really hungry and I had to do something about it. And so these are nine different ways that your body can communicate hunger to you. And you may get some of these cues right away. They may be your early onset cues. And some of these cues may come later which is perfectly normal. And you may notice that the later the cues come, the more intense they are. And that's just because your body is trying to get your attention to do something about it. Physical hunger is a direct result of low blood sugar. So when your blood sugar gets too low in your body, your body responds by trying to get your attention so you can fix it and you can make it better. And most people will notice as soon as they eat, their energy levels return, they're not so tired, their headaches go away, they're not irritable anymore, they can focus, they, can, um, they don't have dizziness, their stomach feels better. And so that's how you know it is a true physical hunger symptom because when you eat, those symptoms go away. Emotional hunger, on the other hand, is very, very different from physical hunger. Emotional hunger, well, that presents itself almost like a rattling in your chest. And here's the deal. Your chest and your stomach are in close proximity to each other. And so if you feel a rattling in your chest or an emotion that is trying to escape, if you will, And if you associate any sensation of hunger with an uncomfortableness in your trunk area, there are going to be times where you get physical hunger and emotional hunger confused. So it's really 
helpful to understand how your body communicates hunger with you. Because then what we can do is we can change this very subjective experience and turn it into an objective experience. One that you can ask your bo- yourself, you know, how do I feel when I'm hungry? For me personally, I have trouble formulating words and I get that nauseous pit in my stomach where I almost feel like I'm going to be sick, but it's that hollowness. And so when I get a craving and all of a sudden I want to eat something, I can step back and I can ask myself, do you feel that hollowness in your stomach? Are you having trouble communicating right now? And if the answer is no, then I know that this is nothing to do with a physical hunger. This is just an emotion that I need to deal with. See how this works? But if you're unclear of how your body communicates physical hunger with yourself, it's going to be very, very tricky to be able to tell the difference. And so that's what I want to really talk about today is I want you to be really, really clear on how your body communicates hunger to yourself, physical hunger. And for some of you, that may mean actually getting hungry, not eating every hour and a half or not eating every two or three hours even. Maybe you need to go closer to four hours just so you can pay attention to how your body communicates hunger. I told you emotional hunger is a rattling in your chest. It's an emotion that's trying to escape. Um, I want you to think of like a beach ball that you're trying to hold underwater. You know, imagine you're trying to shove that ball under the water, but eventually it just keeps wanting to pop up and surface. Emotional hunger has nothing to do with food but rather an emotion like anxiety, anger, stress, sadness, overwhelm, loneliness, or boredom. For so many of us, we do not know how to handle uncomfortable emotions. We have spent our whole life trying to shove them underwater like that beach ball. But what you may notice is that they're always going to try to resurface. If your goal is weight loss, it's imperative you understand the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Remember, if you're inclined to eat anytime you get a sensation between your neck and your stomach, there's a good chance you'll be overeating or eating in the absence of hunger. Listen, right now things are very trying, we shall say. I know we are in the beginning of the school year and it is tough. I'm not going to lie. It is really hard managing the kids and this new virtual platform along with work and social isolation. It's just hard. And, you know, before COVID-19, before the pandemic, 20, you know, uh, 25% of us reported that our stress levels are an eight out of 10 or higher. I guarantee you that number is triple right now. I know my anxiety levels feel like they're through the roof some days. And so, you know, the majority of my clients, they're either on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety med. And 
I feel like that number is going to get worse. I do because we don't know how to deal. First of all, we're dealing with things that we should never be dealing with. You know, this is not a sustainable lifestyle, but also is we are so afraid sometimes to feel an uncomfortable emotion. And until we get really good about sitting with the uncomfortable and we have this desire to cover it up right away and push it aside and, and bury it as if it doesn't exist, we're always going to struggle with emotional eating. Uh, last year, I was really uh, interested in yoga and I was doing a lot of work with yoga. And I remember we got into this position and it hurt. Oh my goodness, yoga is not for the faint at heart. And so we're in this position and I'm not flexible, so everything hurts. And I'm trying to do it because obviously I want to work on my flexibility and my strength. And the instructor was just, you know, she was so kind and she was so patient. And she's like, you know what? I've realized this may be uncomfortable for some of you, but instead of trying to get out of the position, I just want you to stay here. I want you to embrace the uncomfortable feeling and just breathe. And just know that we're only going to be here for a few moments and then we're moving on. So close your eyes and breathe. And what a metaphor for our lives, right? So often, as soon as things get uncomfortable, we want to immediately change positions instead of leaning into the uncomfortableness and breathing. And so that's what we need to do sometimes. We need to embrace that not every emotion we feel is going to be fabulous and comfortable. About 50% of our emotions may be uncomfortable. And if we learn how to deal with them and we learn how to sit in them without reacting, we may just get really good at conquering this emotional hunger issue. Okay. And so, listen, again, every person's body has a unique way of communicating to them. No two bodies speak to them alike. All right. It is your job to get really good at identifying how emotions feel in your body and how your body communicates them to you. So not only do we need to figure out how our body communicates physical hunger to ourselves, we also need to figure out how does our body communicate anxiety to ourselves or or boredom. I remember one time I was walking down the driveway with my daughter. This was last year when they actually went to school. And we were walking down the driveway and we, you know, made the descent. It's a, you know, downhill driveway. We walked the 10 feet to the bus stop and Bella tells me, I'm bored. I'm like, what? What do you mean you're bored? Like, Bella, we did nothing. It's not even like we've been waiting for the bus. We literally just walked down the driveway and arrived. And how can you be bored already? She's like, I don't know. I'm just bored. And so then I had this crazy idea. I was like, Bella, how does your body tell you that it's bored? What does boredom feel like in your body? And so as any seven-year-old would do, she looked down. She physically looked at her legs. She looked at her trunk. She looked at her arms. And she's like, "Mm, boredom feels tired. I was like, really? Okay. How else does boredom feel in your body? And she's like, uh, boredom feels lazy. 
I said, okay, well, to me, boredom feels restless. Like my legs just want to move or my mind just wants to move. Like boredom to me is not tired. Boredom to me is movement. And I need to do something about it because I have all this pent up energy that needs to be released. And she just looked at me and, you know, didn't really make a comment about it. Um, But I thought, I honestly, in my opinion, I think she actually felt tired and she was describing fatigue. But who am I? I don't live in her body. And maybe that's how boredom speaks to her. But here's the thing. My thought was, if I can teach that girl how to identify different emotions in her body, maybe she won't grow up to be a 40-year-old that eats through her emotions because she will quickly be able to understand, oh, this is boredom. I need to find something to do versus I feel this uncomfortableness in my body. Maybe I'll go eat and that will fix it. See the difference? So again, in order to overcome emotional eating, we have to first get really good at identifying how our body communicates physical hunger. And so I just want to give you a couple more ideas of the differences between the two. Physical hunger is very gradual in its onset. Physical hunger is one of those things where it's like, huh, I think I may be getting hungry, but it's easy to dismiss it and get distracted. Where emotional hunger, it's a very quick onset. It's like, I need chocolate now. Not, I need chocolate in 30 minutes. I need chocolate now. If you can't wait, it's probably not physical hunger. It's probably emotional hunger. Here's another difference. In physical hunger, you're most likely open to options. I could eat a salad. I could eat some chicken. I could eat an apple. Where in emotional hunger, it's a very specific food, and typically it's either high in salt or high in sugar. And so ask yourself, would I be willing to eat something other than junk right now? And if the answer is, oh, oh, heck no, I want my chocolate, that's usually a key (laughs) or a clue that uh, something else is going on and maybe we need to address that emotion. Another clue is physical hunger stops when you eat and when your, your stomach gets full. Where in emotional hunger, it usually, there usually is no satisfaction in a full stomach or with a full stomach, I should say. You can eat and you can actually feel fullness, but yet it's not satisfied and you feel like you need to eat above and beyond that and more and more. A lot of times emotional hunger leads to mindless eating where you're just snacking and not paying attention. And then finally, a fourth difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger is physical hunger doesn't make you feel bad. When you eat to fuel yourself and you eat for pleasure and sustenance, there's no guilt. But when you're eating out of emotional hunger, it usually always triggers the feelings of guilt and shame. And so those are just a couple ways you can identify the difference between the two. So what is your take home? All right. So first and foremost, you need to figure out what is your physical hunger cue. And it's even more helpful to identify your early onset cues and your late onset cues. That is step one. Step two is it's really good to get into the habit of whenever you eat 
to take two or three minutes or five and just ask yourself the question, am I physically hungry? Are those signals present? And if they're not, what emotion am I trying to escape right now? Okay, we need to check in with ourselves rather than just grabbing the pretzels and eating or grabbing the the chocolate candy and just eating right away and going for it. Actually stopping to ask yourself, what's going on? Is this a true feeling that I'm experiencing that I've identified beforehand? Or is this an emotion that is uncomfortable that I just need to sit and breathe through right now? Because eventually it will go away. Now, it's important when you're feeling yourself well, that we also engage in um, just positive health habits. Um, So things like don't skip meals. When you skip meals or in the habit of skipping meals throughout the day, it's going to make this physical hunger, emotional hunger thing a lot more confusing. So eating regularly throughout the day is just a good habit to get into. Also, make sure you're getting enough rest. When you're tired, it's really hard to make good choices, and it's even harder to differentiate between physical and emotional hunger. Everything's all thrown off when you're sleep deprived. So make sure you are getting the proper rest you need. Are you spending time relaxing throughout the day or in meditation or in prayer or whatever you do to recenter yourself? Deep breathing work. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out, involved thing, but just staying ahead of your stress so it doesn't build to the point where you just explode. Always a good idea. And then another great thing uh, that I like to teach is, you know, make sure you are in the habit of eating at a table and not in front of screens. And this is just a mindful eating technique that can be really helpful um, and make sure that what you're doing is in fact what you want to do and in alignment with your goals. All right, so those are your tips for the day. Um, I would love to hear from you. Like, what are your physical hunger signals? How does your body communicate hunger with you? And if you found this podcast helpful, you know, now that you know the difference, you know, I want you to try it. Remember, you're good at what you practice. If you practiced reflecting before you eat, you're going to get really good at it. And chances are that mindless eating and that emotional eating is going to decrease over time. All right. And so that is our lesson for the day. Uh, Your recipe is actually a really, really simple one. Okay. It is just a peanut butter dip. And this is a great side to either apples or celery or carrots or bananas. And again, When you're eating for physical hunger and you're eating for sustenance, then an apple is a great snack. I always tell my kids, uh, do the apple test. You know, ask yourself, if you think you're hungry, ask yourself if an apple will do. Because if you're truly hungry, an apple will hit the spot. But if you're like, ugh, no, no apples, then chances are you're not really that hungry. In light of the apple test, I decided to give you a really easy dip that you can make uh, to dip your apples in when you are hungry. And so it's real simple, guys, two ingredients. You're going to take a tablespoon of 
of peanut butter, ideally the all-natural peanut butter, and two tablespoons of plain yogurt, and you're just going to mix it together. And it's just a fun dip um, to use, like I said, with either some fruits or vegetables and gives you some nutrients, makes you feel good, um, but also uh, can satisfy some of that sweet tooth that you may have and some of that salty with the peanut butter. And it's just, it's delicious. I promise you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.